step forward. Hello, hello, hello. We're back with another episode of the Dreaming Podcast live show. I know it's been a little while since you guys have seen us, but holiday stuff, all of the different what college should be going in life has been happening to all of us. But we're we're off a little bit, but now we're back. Uh, we brought our friend Chuck King Wall back. He's got consistent guests all the time now. I love Chuck. We all love Chuck. Chuck, how you doing? Are you feeling indifferent as I am today? I'm do- dude, I'm doing great. It was because this all came out of us hanging out yesterday, waiting for somebody yeah. else who, you know, he was having internet problems. And right. we got into like a, a fucking hour long discussion. And then we were like, we actually got to talk about this. Like, this is kind of cool. So we, we got really mad that we, we didn't record it, basically. <laughs> oh, no. So this is a chance to record it. It's, it's yeah. Right. Record it live. Yeah. All right. Uh, Otis, uh, Ethan, how y'all feeling? I'm good. Yeah. Um, Doing well. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, been a, it's been a crazy uh, couple of weeks. You know, glad to be back here on the show. Glad to have uh, Chuck on here with us to talk some... Uh, we got some fun stuff to talk about today. Yeah, we got a lot. Yeah, a lot. yeah. yeah likewise, man. This this is still one of the highlights of my of my week, especially this week. I've had some some nonsense going on, but I'm glad to get back here with y'all. Oh, it's always good to see Chuck here too. So yeah, I I just love that for the racism show we needed a white guy <laughs> like that's <quite laughs> yeah. Try, try to balance it out. Try to balance it out. So. <laughs> This shows all about perspective, so you kind of want to have a perspective from the white guy because we obviously do not have that. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely not pro racism. Like, if we're doing a debate, I'm not pro, <laughs> but I have to say, and I'm not proud of my people, but they're very good at it. So I guess, like, maybe hey, that's you, where master the right? you master the art of a racism. Too good. <laughs> seriously, seriously. I'm at least able to look around and go. Ooh, I don't like what you're good at, but you know how to do that. Uh. <laughs> and I mean, you, see, you, oh, you know, it's fucked up because even like, and I mean, I'm a white dude from rural Canada and, ra- you know, racism and nationalism are two two things that tend to kind of come together an awful lot. And I'll be wearing like Canada shirts and stuff like that. And I have people like, motherfucker, you need to take that off. You're not in Canada. And I was like, fuck you, man. If you came to my country, I wouldn't give a shit what the fuck you wore. Right. You need to back the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I this, mean, but it's ridiculous. You, you are in Texas, and that's where, like, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's people, like amplified a little yeah. bit. But people have yeah. so much pride in, like, Texas. I mean, oh, no, Otis is a huge oh. fan of King of the Hill. And King of the Hill, they accurately portray how how mm-hmm. nationalism, how important it is being just state statesalism, being from that yep. one state. So it's evolving. No, it's very true, but you got to fight back a little bit, right? Like, of course, right. of course, yeah. My God, yeah. Before we get into our topics, my last little point on that is it's hilarious how the pride, how much pride people in the South have for the country, but then they represent, they have like a Confederate flag on the wall, which the whole point of that flag is we don't want to be a part of the country you love. So that, that whole hypocrisy and it's it's a whole thing. But I've had the conversation. I'm in the South too. I've had the conversation before. Are, are you Irony questioning the education? Tasty. Uh, of a uh, of southern bigoted asshole racist? Oh uh, no, because a lot of them had the same education I had, so I'm kind of I, I won't bring yeah. that into the, the equation. I just Fine. call it 
ignorance. And, and here um, we go. And, and we're off. And we're off. Exactly. <laughs> First live show of play 22. <laughs> nice and smooth. Easy, easy. Getting into our first little softball topic for the show. Um, obviously, RIP to Mr. Sidney Poitier. He was well-renowned uh, as a black artist and actor all around. Um, I have my own personal like love for the guy. Obviously, from him being the model for like my favorite DC hero in John Stewart Green Lantern. I kind of did a little mini essay, which is it's ironic because I made this essay like last month and that was in there where they talked about how they modeled the character after him and yeah. at that point in time. So it was dope. Have you guys like seen a lot of his stuff? Or? Yes. Yeah. So I, I ahead, Chuck, finish your thought, my bad. Well, wasn't he the first man, uh, black man to win was it best best actor Oscar or best supporting actor? I think Oscar. it's best actor. I, best actor. I think, I think so actor. too. I hope so. But yeah, yeah. for guests who's coming to dinner, yeah, that was him. Mm. Okay, yeah. Uh, have you guys seen guests who's coming to dinner? I have not. I've seen bits and parts from my being with my grandparents, but I have not seen it in its totality. Right on. Okay, so I haven't seen it in a while. I saw it in film school, and I'm old as Methuselah, but I saw it. So I saw it like 20 years ago, literally. But uh, it was it's actually a really good movie. And I saw it, um, I guess, in 2000. And when I saw it, I was surprised at how relevant it still seemed. The idea of, because for those who don't know, the basic plot of it is, is that Sidney Poitier's character, uh, who is, I, th- I believe he's like, a, either he's, he is a doctor or he's finishing up a med school or something like that. He's a really well-renowned, well-to-do brother. And he's marrying a white woman. And she brings him home to... Uh, the parents' house for, for him to meet their parents because they're engaged. Oh, God. And I don't think the parents know that he's black. And uh, the long story short, of course, it's all about race relations. But the, but what's interesting about that is how Sidney Poitier's character, especially in I think it was the 60s when the movie came out, how he's portrayed as such a, you know, you know, a, an upstanding dude, upstanding brother, as opposed to so many other portrayals of, of right. at the time. We, yeah. So, yeah. The stereotypes we, and all that stuff. We've, yeah. seen, we've seen the dancing black guy. Yeah. Right. right. Um, yeah. Bojangles. Bojangles. <laughs> oh, Top man. dancer. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Mm, it's, a, it's a good movie, though. But it's one of those things, if you get a chance, I mean, if you can't, you've probably seen, there's a, there was the um, the remake, of, essentially, where it was, they reversed it, where they had Ashton Kutcher and um, was it Megan Good? I can't remember. But it was I the idea of it was a white guy and it was going to a black black family instead. Mm. That was more recent. It was just called Guess Who, I think. So, I mean, that idea has been done before, but it's the idea. It seems still and maybe like we like to think in 2022, racism is a thing of the past, but obviously it's not. And just I know that there are still plenty of people, plenty of couples, you know, interracial couples that deal with that kind of stuff. Uh, just the idea of how it can well, be trying. And, and you assume if they were able to remake it, then obviously it's something that's still relevant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even exactly. even if it is on the other side, you know, even if right. they did it on the other side, still. Right. Right. Chuck, I know you did. You spoke on it yesterday. How are Peter Betty White too? Uh, Jesus is the one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a little joke. Um, how she recently died? I think didn't in Sydney died like what, like two days before her, or like a week before. Her? Uh, no, no he, he, he died a few days after. She just after. Yeah. yeah. We had. Yeah, she died at the end of the year. He died at the beginning. Right. Uh, I had no idea that he died until we had the conversation with Chuck, and was like, "That's kind of sad. Like, this is a big figure in our community." And, and that and that not, was, yeah, yeah that was my point. Yeah, yeah, is like you know, obviously Betty White. You can't take away from her contribution to to everything and whatnot. But 
the same goes with Sidney Poitier. You know, he did so much work. And even even recently, like he's he he he's been doing uh, movies off and on in the last twenty years, and he's he's done some some cool ones, more supporting roles and whatnot. Because I think for the most part, he you know he died he's at ninety four. Yeah, so I think he was yeah. just like, I, I can take some chill roles and let other people uh, right. do the do the heavy lifting and whatnot and just enjoy myself. And he got to pick some probably some more funner roles, but. The fact that it wasn't being mentioned that I was like, why is no one fucking talking about yeah. this? This is huge. Yeah. I yeah. will say after sleeping on it, I don't know why, but for some reason, I don't know if it's just America or it's in the world culture or whatever it is. Old white women, for some reason, are just like a meme. Like whenever you have an old white lady doing anything, like you look at like Frank's Red Hots or like when Martha yeah. Stewart was doing that shit with Snoop Dogg, whenever you have an old white woman doing something... It's it's yeah. funny, I guess, in a way. I don't know because I don't I don't feel like it's the energy of them being better or being like highly coveted. It's just funny to see that mm-hmm. um, that contrast with old white women and doing anything in modern day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the Betty White. So part part of her, I guess, the Betty White Renaissance was when she was in that Snickers commercial, and they had it where she was getting hit. And she was playing mm-hmm. football and she was getting tackled because they were saying that when you when you're hungry, you have to play like a, like an old lady. Um, but the idea that she was Betty White was really good at being able to laugh at herself and with herself mm-hmm. much more than lots of other people. And again, and I think that's probably part of her longevity, essentially. Yeah, right. on, and the other, she, on the opposite she's of the found spectrum, ways to stay in the mainstream, like you know, like she like that commercial in itself. Like you know, she's she's had multiple Super, uh, Super Bowl commercials. She's been in random, you know, popcorn movies or uh, across like you know the 2010s, and so like you see her more often. But uh, just because you, I don't know. I, I feel like just she's because uh, right Sidney Poitier is uh, isn't necessarily in the mainstream as much mm-hmm. doesn't mean that he shouldn't be discussed. No, no I completely agree. I mean, he was obviously kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. He was very much like uh, they were both great people that contributed to the arts in amazing ways. But mm-hmm. Sidney Poitier's it was like the the groundbreaking that he did or the the walls he busted through. That I mean, there's so many things that we can do now as uh, black creatives, and of course Chuck too, because mm. of what Sydney did before us. So, so I'm I'm extremely grateful for it. There was an old uh, I forget the context, but uh, when Denzel won his Oscar, and he talked about how uh, he wouldn't be up on that stage if it wasn't for Sydney, partly because Sydney inspired him. So when he was growing up, he saw Sydney Portier in movies, and the fact that a black man could be portrayed on camera, uh, or you know, in film or on TV as something other than a drug dealer or a pimp uh, made him realize he actually yes, wanted to do. It inspired him that much. I think he just uh, that. He was, so. Well, one, I believe, like, didn't um, Will Smith do something similar uh, during Ali and whatnot? Like, we, we kind of see that every once in a while, like, uh, a black man is, is I don't want to say given this opportunity because he worked his fucking ass off for it, but he right. he gets this, this um, award, which is deserved, and you know, and then he gets to go. Hey, man! Like, thank you. Right. I'm here because of you. And right. you know, and then now I think that you know, they remembered him. Everyone else needs to too. You know, mm-hmm. right. yeah, absolutely. That's the value and representation. We've talked about it on the channel from different yeah. videos to video essays to other things. Like, without representation, there's no progression. Like, you got to be able to envision yourself seeing doing something, and then you can execute. You got to have that yeah. vision. So. Right. Exactly. Do you guys feel that he deserves like I'm sorry, I'm trying to make you cut you off, Chuck. 
no, um, no, no. He, he deserves like a, a biopic, like you know, a, a big time, uh, yeah. you know, movie production of uh, of his life. Because I, I personally think he does. I think his story yeah. needs to be told. I get what we do. You think yeah. Will Smith playing him? It'll probably be, it'll probably be like Denzel or Will or Will been on his oh. shit with the biopics lately. Because I don't know if y'all seen King Richard, but Will did his fucking it's right. Not, yeah, he was. Movie, yeah. But Will did his fucking thing. Will and yeah, biopics. He, fucking... he, he, he needs a good movie, so I, I hope I, I hope that is a good one for him. I check it out. It's it's definitely a good one, but I think he's Will Smith is just too too old uh, to to try to portray Sydney. I mean, to, to, be, to be Sydney Portier because Will Smith in his uh, he's fifty. I don't remember how old he is? Fifty two, fifty three. Something like that. Yeah, but but so yeah, many things that that Sydney Portier did. Like we just had a, a commenter mention the, uh, the the movie To Serve with Love, obviously, which is a movie he did in the, in the one of his earlier ones, black and white ones in the fifties. So it's like to try to get he was like twenty two or twenty three. We would need somebody young enough to represent a twenty some twenty some odd year old, right. Portier. Yeah, true. I'm trying to. I can't think of anybody like my immediate response would be like fucking Chadwick because he's the right. only That's other like young too. black person I could have thought about that does really well in biopics. Yeah, like, this doesn't really like doesn't justice. Maybe Michael B. I haven't seen a lot of recent. I know he put out like a recent like heartfelt like I won't say chicken. They'll probably cast Michael B. But he's. He's decent yeah. though. I think again, no, like Real Station and other he, stuff he's been in has been great. I just don't. I haven't seen a lot of his. Dreams. I don't see him at Sydney Portier. He's great. But I don't see he, him at Sydney Portier. No casting. You know what? That's a big name. He's a big name. What? What I think. What I think sucks. And it's funny. I think. Um. Uh. Chris. Chris Rock said it. And obviously, I can't say it the way he. He did because he's allowed to use words that I'm not. But <laughs> he was talking about. Uh, about because <laughs> you know Chris how Rock does it. But hmm. he was talking about black actors, and hmm. he was like, "Man, you got to be honest. Like, when they're looking for a white actor between the age of like twenty-five and forty, there's a thousand fucking dudes to pick from." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, Rock goes, "There's ten black guys, you know, like, and that's not the word right. he said, but obviously, yeah. There's, yeah. there's ten black guys, and that's the thing is like, yeah, okay, there's all these great names." Time for some more fucking great names. Give yeah, it to yeah. somebody who hasn't had their shot, you know? Give it I to somebody who's agree. who's got their chops or maybe someone who's done, like, some Tony Award-winning work or someone who's, like, really shown himself and is ready to, to move on to that. I think when it comes to representation, it shouldn't just be the same fucking black right. guys getting the same amazing yeah. roles over and over again. We need to see more black guys. We need to see more black women. We need to see more people of color doing all this stuff and it shouldn't just be the same people getting the same roles over and over. I agree. I ain't gonna lie, bro. This may be a very controversial statement and you may look at me a type of way for saying this, but um, I feel like part of that reason is due to the fact I don't think black people give independent artists or up and coming people a chance really more as much as white people tend to do. And you'll see it as again, um Ethan, you're you're um you're a entrepreneur yourself. You'll see it whenever somebody says they have like a black owned thing, or let's say I was to sell this book, people of the culture would instantly be like, Hey, can I get it for a discount? Or can I, sure. like they'll look for a way to get that thing. Yeah. Not the right. way you get it. But if they were to go buy like a Gucci bag or something like that, they wouldn't question the price of that thing. Cause they see it. They value that thing differently than something that's black and upcoming versus yeah. I might like, I feel, I feel like you'll see, like a lot of the big black artists that pop off are either due to one somebody like a Jordan Poole or like a Ryan Coogler we talked about that gave people like Michael B or uh, Lupita different roles and gave them a chance for to become bigger artists. 
but a lot of the other actors, you they get those roles from like those white directors that they want to give them that chance to break out. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't see a lot of like independent or up and coming. Are you, are you, are you saying chance. that like the independent like black directors or creators aren't given the same opportunities to upcoming uh, black actors or black talents? No, saying? I'm not saying they do. I'm saying they do. They're part of. I'm saying that the fans don't give them the chance. Oh, the fans, like, like yeah, the yeah. audience, the it's audience won't fans. tune in. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Sydney Portier right. movie were to come out and it didn't have a big name like a Will or Denzel or Michael B. Let's keep it a buck. A lot of people aren't going to see that. That's that's true. But I but I feel that's, that's that's true. That's fair. But at the same time, like I feel like they're on some at some points, like this is probably the best project for that to happen. Like we mentioned obviously mm-hmm. Chadwick Bozeman. Chadwick Bozeman did many a whole bunch of uh, biopics before he was in the MCU. Like he did 42 about Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe at the same time that Black Panther came out, he did um, Get On Up, which is about yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know James, James Brown. Brown. So it's he was essentially a no name when he was doing that type of stuff. Jamie Foxx was a name when he made Ray, yes, of course, but he wasn't asking. People did not regard him as a Oscar winner. People thought it, people true. most they That's mostly knew him from doing um, Jamie Foxx show in his own in his, in his, yeah. in Jamie Foxx show. These things were not pedigrees. They were you know so it's the I, it, yeah I agree that we it is harder. I think in our own culture, for whatever reason, for us to give a, a chance to up and coming people of color, but at the same time, we have to try. We have to do it. There's right. no way around it. Michael B. Jordan's biggest break, it, it wasn't The Wire. It wasn't uh, you know uh, uh, the the movie he did, uh, Chronicle. It probably was Fruitful Station, and that was with Ryan mm-hmm. Coogler, and that was a much right. much smaller budget movie. You know? right. So it's these things happen. It, it's funny because I feel like in general, we don't give a lot of independent people shots. We're, we, as a culture, want to see shit that we've already seen. You right. know what I mean? Right. And and it's just, it's a thing, you know, and I, and I see it a lot as an independent creator. So I'm not yeah. necessarily sure I agree with you on your independent thing. I think the difference mm-hmm. is, is that um, a lot of Hollywood shit is, is who you know and the friends right. that you have. And so the thing is, is that, you know, there's a lot of white people who hang out with a lot of white people. And so we see a lot of white people getting up there. And the same is obviously not happening in in other circles. And that fucking blows. Mm. Um, I and it's funny. But on the other hand, I do hear from a lot of the black independent creator uh, comic creators uh, they'll share similar memes of, you know, people screaming, you know, like we need we need to see more black people in movies. Why have we not seen Miles Morales as Spider-Man yet? Like all that kind of stuff. And then someone's like, hey, here's my black independent comic. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck that shit. Yeah. And you're like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm giving you what you're asking for. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not telling you to love it. I'm just telling you to give it a chance. Like see yeah. if you like it or not. Yeah. But- we it's 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 like that man where like you'll be a hero in the community one second and a villain the next and I love my people with the passion but just some things like that I feel like hold us back with when it comes to us because you look at something like a um a Black Wall Street in which black people took a chance on independent black business and with each other and that boom that was one of the biggest things known to man before obviously we know what happened to it so we have examples of what happens when we come together and help each other out but it just hasn't really happened since then. I don't know. You can say leadership that's, or what it is, but I, I don't know. And that's something we talked before about on here is that I don't know why it is that we've seen in the black community, especially how we're so much more lately. You know, it seems like we're more 
each person is out for their own and we're not trying to give back or, or help each other up. You know, Crap. rising tire raising Send all ships. Fuel. It's more or less like I want my ship to get higher mm-hmm. than yours. Not every, it's, right. again, this is not for everybody. I'm speaking generalizations, but it's a weird thing. It's it's been ingrained in us. It's that crabs in a barrel mentality. Like yeah. you you need to be doing better than everybody else. You have to do like you can't you can't corroborate. You can't like you know right. have everybody rise up collectively. You got to be doing better. You have to right. be putting somebody else down to come up yourself. And that's I, something that's been ingrained in us. And I don't. I, I, it needs to go away. I'm sorry, Glad Chuck. Yeah. No. 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 I. I. And I agree with you. I feel like it's a North American cultural thing and please by all means at any point feel free to to call me up and say now nah, you're wrong but i believe that this is a north american cultural thing but the difference is is that like if i were to see it that way which i don't i very much am a community guy and i try to 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 be a part of the community and, and bring people into it and all that kind of stuff as an independent creator but you do see it a lot where people are climbing on top of other people the difference is is that um, you know, as, as just a, an average Joe, they're just trying to climb on top of everybody. But I, I believe, and, and feel free to call me off, in the black community, it's like, no, no, I don't have to climb on top of everybody. I just have to climb on top of the next black guy. I need to be above him. And yeah. that sucks. Well, I, I, I see the logic behind that, too, which sucks even more is because it's like, <laughs> if you only have enough, we only have enough room uh, for, the, one for, guy. for the yeah yeah we only have enough room for the uh, affirmative action quote unquote for for one black dude so you gotta be the best the best black dude at these hundred over here therefore I can't just be the best black comic book writer I had to be the best black comic book writer in for a hundred mile radius in order to stand out at all uh, and that's why it is it's like it's my competition isn't the, my white neighbor or my Asian brother my, my competition is just my brother the, the actually literally the brothers behind me mm. uh, yeah that's and that's a horrible mindset. Right. Uh, so I think you hit the nail right in the head there, Chuck. I like for me. So, I mean, there's not a you know, I'm just a white dude, so there's not a lot I can do. But what I try to do, and what I think is is important sometimes, is I I, I almost don't want to mention color. You know what I mean? Like, and and that's my like as a white guy, I don't want to mention. So like, some I'm doing, and and I'm not even going to tell you where to find my show because this is not an advertisement for my show. <laughs> But for my show, I appreciate that. But but I want you to know that I'm not doing it for the show. But <laughs> so for the month of February, I have one show a, a week and every single one of my guests are black. I wanted to have a black history month without without announcing mm-hmm. I'm having a yeah, black right. history month because I don't want it to be about, oh, look, Chuck's woke. Fuck that shit. No, that's not what it's about. I wanted to make sure, and there's some really good fucking people out there who deserve to be on, shown off. Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure of that, but I didn't want to make it about that. I just wanted people to, to maybe at some point look and go, oh shit. Huh. Everyone he had on in February was black. That's funny. I didn't, didn't even put that together. Mm-hmm. Good. That's how I want it to be. Well, you know, and had, the, I'm sorry, I didn't cut you off. No, but, but that, the, that's just my thing. No, no, that makes perfect. I'm glad you're doing that, but I think the idea too is what happens is people don't, people in your audience will just recognize that whoever you have on your show is just a good artist or a good writer, whatever they are, a good creator, oh. as mm. opposed to a good black such and such, right. or good for yeah. a black. Yeah, or, well, or, so it's kind of like that's the, the idea too. And what's the worry on the other hand? If you say, "Hey, I'm doing Black History Month," do you have people go, "Oh, cool"? Well, I'm not interested. You know, like you I will. don't. You will. 
Yeah, and and I'm and you know what these people deserve. I mean, fuck, everybody deserves uh, the best audience I could possibly give them. So, yes. you know, I'm not gonna mention any of that shit. I just have some fucking amazing creators as always, and I do absolutely amazing people showing up. You guys are. It, it's gonna be a great month, and I'm actually really excited to sit down with these people. And I'm excited to one thing I do when I when I've spoken to to people of color and to women. Women say this a lot too. I'll say, what's the worst question you get? And they'll go, all the time people want to ask me, how is it as an artist of color? How is it as an artist who's a woman? And they're like, ah, man, I I have to deal with that every day. I'm fucking yeah. tired of it. I just, right. I just the, the, the beginning of me feeling like a normal person and not being treated any differently is when you stop fucking asking me about it. Right. I'm like, right. oh. see through that lens. Yeah. Yeah. Part of it, I feel as though um, being a unit and unified, obviously, you go a lot further than anything else, which is, again, part of the reason why I try to collect uh, my two homies here for this podcast. I think an issue with that, though, that stops black people from being unified is an ego thing, mm -hmm. which is kind of sad to say because you'll see you'll see ego work in certain occasions, mostly sports, where you'll have, like, again, like when it comes to the best players, when it comes to basketball, you know, let's talk about this in overabundance. When you see about it, like Michael Jordan, or Kobe Bryant, the number one thing you hear about them is like their solo acts or like their ego. They do this because they have to be the ones to do it. Da, 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 when it's a team sport and you won't win without those teams. So it's hard. even in something like this where I'm like, I'm in a group with two other creators, I have to check my ego at the door and be like, if they offer critique on something, I have to be like, okay, let me not get defensive about it. Let me hear what they're saying. Try to like, try to re- Re retool what I'm doing and not take that to heart because again I, I brought them on for a reason because you always want to keep people around to do what you can't do. Exactly. But again, I exactly. think that's the issue. We always want to do things solo and alone, which is great. Improve yourself as an individual, but you can still come together with other people to make great things a lot yeah. easier. Absolutely. But, that, that's an amazing point there because that's I mean I won't, won't belabor this too much because we're out of time. But I love like you just said there as far as thinking the podcast. Um, I, I do see what we do with then and now, even with mm -hmm. Chuck on, is more of a kind of a super ego, ego and id. The three of us have very different personalities. Mm -hmm. We work in very different in tandem with each other, very different ways. Uh, there are different skill sets that Otis brings. I don't have same as Charlie, same as me. There's different things we can do really well. Uh, it's the same thing that I, I see all the time when I make comic books. I'm sure Chuck knows this. Uh, I'm pretty sure Chuck and I can't draw worth a shit. But when we make comic books, we, we love working with teams of artists that can do all so many different aspects. It's, the, it's when we come together that the real, uh, the, the best thing shines through. Um, the idea of an ego gets in, really does get in the way. I agree. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, to kind of move towards our second topic of the show so we don't run out of time, uh, we had this discussion yesterday uh, going through X-Men and the parallels of racism. <laughs> it's kind of apparent everybody knows if you're any kind of a fan of comics or the X-Men in general, you don't have to dig too deep to find the parallels between the two. And I think uh, Stan Lee and I forgot who the other co-creator of the series was, they made it apparent that they Kirby. were trying to make that. Probably. Jack Kirby, that's what it was. They tried to make that an apparent thing. Uh, yesterday we kind of spoke on, I, th I think it started with like us discussing Batman and him as a hero or just vigilantes in general. Their existence makes the villains of that universe have to get bigger and better guns to take them on. And I think my point was with the X-Men, how their pure existence makes their universe progressively worse, mm -hmm. in my opinion, and, and what I saw. Um, if you guys have a point, stop me here, because I'm trying to recall, like catch everybody else <laughs> up on what we were talking about, because we talked about it for like two hours straight. Um, 
But my point being that their existence, you see at different points in the universe, whether it is Scarlet Witch and her being a multiversal threat and fucking shit up, whether it be Apocalypse being the first mutant and him being a conqueror throughout all of time, or Dr. Sinister and his crazy experiments. Like, the longer mutants are around, the more threatened the world are. Um, part, part of that, too, is that they're so fucking strong. Like, they're reality warpers and can change the properties of metals and shit like that and teleport across the world and it increasingly gets stronger which makes the world increasingly increasingly get in more danger mm, right so i think the question was if you could take away and make them not mutants anymore would you do that i think you guys made the parallel was like asking black people to take away everything about you being black and now we can make you white because you can conform now yeah i mean it, it, i guess the idea the bigger overall question where this came up too was uh not to backtrack at all but just the idea I think we were making the comparison. Is, is Batman has Batman made any changes in Gotham, or is Batman just doing more harm than good? And it's right. kind of like same thing with the mutants in the world of uh, X Men. And ultimately, we said that eventually, essentially, it seems like that the, uh, the X Men are making more. The X Men themselves are helping mutant kind to progress. And uh, the idea of mutants, you no matter how you slice it, you do not choose whether or not you're a mutant. You are born that way. And so to be persecuted by Sentinels or whoever else. Because of that, uh, is an is an unfairness in Batman's case. Despite what the his life may have been, he did ultimately choose to be Batman, and everyone in the Batcave chose to be in the Batcave. So because of that, I, I feel like if you had the ability to remove a mutant's mutations and kind of make them a quote unquote normal person, just like you could possibly change all the things about a culture and the rate, tone of a of a person's skin, could you remove that? Would you do that? It's a very big question. Because there's so much that you identify with about that. Like, I mean, there's so much about myself. I'm not even the hardest guy out here. I'm not the biggest thug on, on earth. I'm just a little nerd. But I, I still, there's so much about my past, my life that if I was, if all, if all that was removed and changed, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be me. Right. So I don't know if I could. You, so here's the funny thing, because we did, we talked for a long time, and it's almost like I can't remember everything we talked about. But something I, I had been considering as I kind of went back over the topic and I think we all kind of overnight had some fun with it. Well, or at least considered it. <laughs> um, right. Like racism. We, um, which, what a terrible quote to come up later on for me. <laughs> racism. Yeah. We, Chuck, you know, having fun with racism in general. Oh, fuck. But I think it's funny with a title like that, where we're all like the it's the the worst kept secret in the world that it very much is you know it was kind of a way to to show off um the civil rights movement and that kind of stuff so then how do you look at things like and this is usually like white creators who are doing this um when the mutants end up taking over an island like genosha or now like krakoa and they they get to they are they're all gonna stay on this one island i'm like motherfuckers you know that's called segregation right, yeah, right and that's right. not great hasn't right. done real well for people you sure you want to go there white guy <laughs> you right. sure and right. no one's again no one's talking about that and i'm like do we not am i am i seeing that like does anyone else see this shit no uh, it's yeah. definitely a thing that i saw on this like so we're literally like since the it's a well known parallel between you know the the mutant plight and you know racism, we, 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 yeah. everybody's known that for a while, and to yeah. say that they're 
their best date is when they decide to leave where they are from and then go to this new place. Like, is that a victory? Like, right. is that is is that saying that you won? Did you solve it? Or you just saying like, all right, we'll do what we always did. We go to our own place and have our own happiness. Yeah. yeah. Crazy you, parallel. Go ahead, Troy. Well, do you guys think that as a book that does, as a series that does kind of mimic the civil rights fight, the worst thing that we've been doing for it is keeping it with, and, and let's not even discuss artists at this point, but keeping it with mostly white writers. Why the fuck does mm -hmm. that series not have more? I mean, obviously, Black Panther, you want to have some black writers, but like, why are we not having more people of color and more minorities writing the X-Men when right. that really is the story of the minority? Not, what? not to mention, what like, the fuck? I'm sorry, uh, not to take no. away from your point, but like, if you think about the original X-Men and then knowing those parallels, is there a single black person in there? No, there's not. Not on the team. Right. Not for a while. Uh, yeah, not until Storm. That's not what, like, what, in the 70s yeah. when she comes about? Right. Or, or at the minimum, it's like still early uh, late 60s which again is over a decade later right. yeah uh, to hit uh, Otis's point really quickly I think that was a purposeful thing because I think it was one of those things where they were trying to like trick you into agreeing without agreeing where mm. they don't have any black people inside of it because if you don't yeah. see any black people you yeah. won't have that resonate to racism it's like yeah oh they're being treated wrong because they're different that's not right well, hey, you know what that else sounds like? Right. It's right, like, right, wait, right. wait, wait, you tricked True. me. You tricked me. That is yeah, more powerful. <laughs> yeah. Which is, that's, that's fair. Absolutely it, right. It, it, definitely, it definitely worked, though. It definitely worked. What's right. interesting, I've heard this before, too, in the past, how, so I, I know Dwayne McDuffie campaigned, uh, who, you know, he passed away recently, yeah. but uh, oh, he, passed he was away. a famed comic book writer, and he was, he passed away a couple of years, I think it was two years ago, but he was, Damn. he campaigned trying to be a writer on X-Men back in the day, too, because of that, because of that very idea. Uh, I'm not sure why he wasn't able to do it, but one thing he had a problem with most was talking about Magneto. How Magneto was always compared to if Professor Malcolm Xavier X, was the King Jr. and Ma yeah, Magneto was maybe Malcolm X. And he's like, this is a bad portrayal of Malcolm X. The idea of a person, essentially a fanatic, going around as an international terrorist. That's I mean, I, I, Malcolm X wasn't a terrorist. He was not. Which is like a a terrorist screaming about brotherhood, like. Yeah, like you think about this, like, hmm, that's that's, that's yeah. something else. That's a, yeah. that's a bit yeah. off the mark. So I it's, uh, but the, but overall, the the analogy is still apt. I mean, the metaphor is still there, but it's just, uh, I I think there are a couple things that could be right. you know, adjusted. So. How do you think that? Um, and I, I'm I'm giving you three carte blanche to <laughs> reboot the X Men. How does the X-Men look when created by um, minorities? What do you think are the big differences in a lot of those characters? Good question. I th go, ahead, go ahead, Otis. You had a point? Yeah, I mean, one of the, the primary differences wouldn't have just been necessarily in the characters, but in the, the portrayal of the world around them towards those characters, you get a little bit more of a personal feel to, like, how are they how exactly they are discriminated against you'll right. see more of that uh like on screen than just saying oh it's a mutant throw a throw a bottle of uh, you know you'll you'll see some of the microaggressions some of the 
some of the sneak mm-hmm. remarks that people say under their breath. You'll see a lot more of that. I feel personally, if you if it was from a from a person of color, right. I think yeah. I did the same thing in regards of I I try I keep a lot of the same aspects like with the Krakoa thing you guys spoke on that I kind of I like that in a sense because I think it parallels uh Black Wall Street uh, a lot in um mm-hmm. um where in Oklahoma I can't just, Tulsa Tulsa Oklahoma Tulsa. in the fact that when they're in Krakoa together they thrive and have this beautiful society where there's like shining it's like a shining city and then they come and bomb the fuck out of it at some point so I like that parallel I think. The white writers, they do pretty well uh, for the fact that they're not with their look, it's outside looking in. Um, so they have, they've done well in that aspect. But one thing I would keep in, also agreeing with uh, Otis, is I would try to focus, keep it modernized and focus more on microaggressions. Although we have in like modern day, we have like stands, especially in the South, where you'll have those loud racists, but it's very far and few between. It's more like looks and select comments and systemic stuff. Where I think yeah. I want to focus more on that, and maybe behind the scenes have like the signals being developed for the extreme shit behind the scenes, but not have it in your face. Where it's like again, like Otis said, throwing rocks at you and making it as blatant as it did, like in the early '90s animated series, and kind of going, "What's maybe they'll focus on with the reboot? Maybe I don't know. Maybe they'll get into that song. I don't know. We'll see." Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That's probably what I would do too. Um, for the most part, it'd be systemic, but also I would deal with um, as they did the original iteration. Focusing on, focusing on teens, people who are going through because that's when obviously in the comic books, when mutants uh, are going through puberty or whatnot, when the, the power is usually manifest. But the idea too of like it's you feel really, really out of like out of uh, sync, and you feel like completely alone and isolated when you're going through, through your teenage years in high school. High school is in, insanely rough these days. I'm not even there, but I can just 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 I can tell watching fucking Euphoria on on, on binge. Oh my god! Like, Thirteen that's, reasons that's, why. For thirteen reasons why I it's, never like, it's, it's a it's I hard. It really, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I my yeah. feel for teens. So if you can actually show that too, like how not just being uh, a teenager, but also feeling even more uh, different and weird and, and kind of uh, chastised for being a mutant, really get into that and kind of show how maybe even some. I mean, get a little dark with it possibly, where some mutants may even feel like they want to take their own lives, or some of them are really getting falling into drugs or other things, and to show how there is a need at the at the core of it. The X Men are founded because these mutants need a home, a safe place to go, and that's right. what Xavier offers them. The idea of them being, a, you know, a, a group of people that go out there to fight against uh, or fight for mutant kind—that comes later on, I think. But ultimately, it's, it's the heart of them needing a place to go, a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. Well, My and lot. that's a really good allegory for even like the trans community, right. where you yeah. know you're you're born a certain way, but you know that you know as you grow up you know that that there's something different about you and you don't know what it is. And then at a certain point, you're like, no, no, no. And there's that kind of transformation, yeah. you know? And so there's yeah. uh, there's definitely, I'm sure, you know, obviously it was uh, probably not originally intended that way, but um, it could even be looked at that way. So I think, you know, yeah, the more we were, they, they were to open that community. And I love your answers, by the way, guys. Yeah. The more you could open that community up, or that that t- those titles up to uh, minorities and people who have actually dealt with this shit, the mm. more interesting that series could really get. I mean, why the fuck are we dealing with the Star Jammers and why are we like in the in the mm. cosmos and whatnot when uh, Earth is still pretty fucked up, guys? Like, right. you know, there's right. still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, absolutely. My last little thing that I would probably throw in, I just thought about is to have like an identity crisis thing. Like you talked about, is that on me personally? And recently, when I went through high school. Me being in, again, you know what a PWI now is, uh, Chuck, but me being in a PWI in high school growing up, I'm in a predominantly white area, 
on the better side of town with my grandparents military he's like you want to get the best education possible you send me over there or now i have this slight identity crisis because i'm a black kid in this predominantly white environment and the people within my culture don't deem me worthy to be within it because i'm not uh, like i'm not black enough quote unquote mm-hmm. i don't do all these stereotypical yeah. black things and then on the white side, because I am black, and you can obviously see that, and I do still have part of my culture within me, I'm too black for the a lot of the white kids that were there. Right. So right. I love to see a mutant, probably one of the, again, one of the X-Men, and one of the reasons the kids go to the to the Xavier Institute is to kind of have them to where they're, they're, they're not fully proud of their mutant selves yet, which in that point in time kind of pushes them away from other mutants that may be in the school, which is a far few between. But they're, obviously they're a mutant, so they're not in tune with the regular people they have there. So I'd love no, to kind of see that dynamic in the character. I feel like a little bit of that is portrayed in the X-Men just for like all the characters that don't display their mutant ability. Right. Like you know like right. uh like you know the people that you can't physically see oh that's a mutant like you know not, yeah, right. not we're talking about like beast or Colossus. Yeah 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 right. like a majority of the X-Men you can't tell they are right exactly uh, I think I think they play around with that a little bit there, and then like you know when they finally introduced the the cure and, and how how uh, how you know everyone reacted to that essentially, right? Yeah, I mean that's I think that's a I know we got to move on, to, but just the idea no, of, that is twenty minutes. We but picking up picking back off what Chuck said, that's a really good point. People that are in the trans community or uh, the people that are you know in the LBGTQ, it's the idea that you. You feel that you know in your heart of hearts what you are on the outside doesn't match what you are on the inside, and you're kind of like almost you feel like you're living a double life, or like you are having to deny part of yourself. It would be interesting to explore a character or characters in the, in the X Men or just in the mutant world that that was a big part. That's kind of a linchpin of their character that, that they feel they have to. They're going out of their way not to show the world who they really are, and then when they join up the X Men, they're able to kind of embrace that much more. I'm sure that for all of us, uh, you know, there have been yeah. times when we felt ashamed of what we are, what we love, what we, what we value the most, trying to impress somebody or fit in, fit in somewhere. Right. That would have been a much, like, a significantly better written plight for Jennifer Lawrence's uh, Bestique than whatever the fuck we got yeah. in um, those movies. Right. Well, the, 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 originally, the, in the fir- in, uh, first class, I like the idea that she was clearly going out of her way, trying to blend in, hide. She didn't show herself yeah. until Chuck called her out, essentially. And it kind of fell off with that. But, yeah. The topic on pacifism fit in the X-Men on time. Condens. Oh, wait, there's a lot more here. Uh Nezuka aka oh. Gentle is a perfect example of the topic. You're on pacifist, so it doesn't fit with an X-Men and outsider to the Wakandans. Oh, nice. Is that a character? I'm not familiar with that character. I don't know. I'm not familiar, but now I want to be. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we need to look them yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, we got yeah, right, yeah. I'm like, I want to start wiggling. Uh, that's that's my. Well, no, she says a she's a she's a Wakandan mutant, I guess. But gentle, the character thing. gentle, the the codename gentle. Oh, oh I've never oh, heard of her. I've heard of gentle. I just never knew what they where they came from. I don't know what he does. Uh, it's that's a dope. It's, it's one of the the. Um, I forgot. It's one of the later X Men that came. It's it's pretty. It's fairly new. Okay. Yeah, exactly. oh, that, that's good. I'm glad that's, that's a dope concept, though. I can't yeah. wait to to see that. Yeah. Like Wakandan X Men. I love hmm. to see a lot more. Um, I haven't read as much as a big fan of the Black Panther. I am. I haven't read a lot of issues where they dive deep into the culture of Wakanda itself. I love yeah. to see like a ground level 
kind of things showing that that uh the culture of Wakanda a lot more, especially yeah. in the movies. I want to see a lot more how they operate. Yeah, well, it's interesting too because I don't, from what I understand uh, about the culture of Wakanda, I think they are they're not war hungry, but they do pride themselves on being strong warriors. So the idea that a pacifist is in that culture, is in that community hmm. of Wakanda. Uh, also, they become an X an X Men, you know, a someone who's doesn't want to be violent. Interesting, right. interesting idea. Uh, last point of this discussion we'll get into it. We said this at the kind of the end of yesterday's discussion, Chuck. With uh, I'm oh, this must throw your segment real quick. It was really good. <laughs> X Men movies, uh, the original ones from the 2000s, the ones that inspired a lot of the modern day superhero movies we have today. Let, let's get to how good they are. Now, obviously, they are lovable and there are a lot of um, like moments that are memorable. But outside of that first one, and anything that doesn't involve Wolverine being on screen, how good are those movies really? Because I think again, Logan obviously he carries that shit heavy, and Xavier. Um, I almost said Sir Patrick Harris. Um, what's Xavier's name? Is that what it is? Patrick, Patrick, Stewart? Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Him and like, we're not talking about Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we had the I saw different, different matrix different in my mind. Um and. I'm almost like Iwan McGregor for uh, Magneto's character. Who the fuck plays Ian McKellen? Ian McKellen. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, sure, Ian McKellen. you've watched this show enough. You know names are. I I remember names when they don't need to be remembered, but in a discussion, why I have to remember <laughs> his name, I fucking can't. No, we got you. Um, we got you. Outside of those three characters, how good is this movie really? Let's keep it a buck. I mean, we all know those are bad. Like, I don't think anybody. Well, <laughs> Chuck, said, Chuck like, was the one that gave me the fight. Back Chuck, because Chuck, Chuck was the one that brought this, that kind of. And I would, I would keep. So here's the problem. When <laughs> I watched it, I loved it. Um, right. We didn't have a lot of superhero movies. No. So we did not. have I gone back and rewatched it? Nah. <laughs> and don't. Am I a little worried? Don't. No, maybe a little bit, but in my mind. Going, you know, going to the theater in 2000 and watching that movie, that movie blew my stupid fucking brain out. Now, do I think that it holds up compared to what's going on now? What does? Sure. You know what I mean? Like like how many superhero movies from 20 years ago are going to hold up? Even like, and people talk about the the original Toby uh, uh, Spider-Man and whatnot, but go back. They don't hold oh, up as well. I, I, I never liked that one, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I see. Hey, no, it's just like um, like one of my favorite childhood movies is uh the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movies. You know where Ivan Ooze and like seeing that a second time in the X-Men Apocalypse, I didn't like it as much. So I get what you're saying. Like it, it makes sense. <laughs> hey, like you know, I know I feel your pain. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me so, and Otis have had this debate even before this podcast is a thing where. I defended a movie, uh, I defended Insidious really hard because I, I saw that movie when I was like 14 and I absolutely adored that movie as a horror movie. And I was like, no, Otis, you tripping, bro. This shit is fucking fire. You tripping, bro. Calm the fuck down. Like last semester, I went and watched that shit and I'm sitting there and I had a realization I'm like, oh, this is trash. Otis is going to eat me alive, bro. This shit is trash. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, damn, he never going to let me live this shit down. I mean, just to comment on what the, <laughs> on what the, what the, uh, the user wrote in here that, that they like the Toby fights, and that's fine. And we're not trying to bash anyone's opinion on any of these things. If you like no. the original X Men movie, right. uh, that's fine. Like the original Spider Man movie with Tobey Maguire, that's cool. I know that Dev likes him. He has a soft spot for them. That's whatever floats your boat, more power to you. One thing I will definitely defend about the original X Men movie, you got to understand 
that was originally going to be Doug Gray Scott in the role of Wolverine. Uh, and I, I think we can all agree that Hugh Jackman still brought it. We're grateful for that. And two, uh, I'm glad that the movie itself did understand the plight of what it's like to be feel like an outsider. That it's, right. it focuses mainly on Rogue feeling like mm. an outsider, and pretty much everyone else is kind of pushed push to the side. But it does at least focus on that point, which is the heart of the X Men. So despite all its shortcomings, and there are plenty of them, I do appreciate that about it. And I will mm. say there are iconic moments like the X Men Two, that Nightcrawler opening in the White House. That's, oh, one of the, that's, that's still the best shit I have to this up. day. I, I don't think it. there are a lot of MCU scenes that are better than that scene. It's where still he's fucking up. teleporting all over yeah. the place and fucking up the Secret Service agents and shit. I'm like, that was badass. Like to the, that CG holds up to this day yeah. for me. Yeah, but there. Well, now I have to go watch it again. Yeah, dude. I mean, there are there are a lot of good scenes across those movies, but like the, those scenes don't equate into making it a good movie, in my right, personal opinion. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's fair. Any of them, honestly. Besides, I mean, I mean it, Logan is acceptable. Acceptable. I, I love. Yeah, it's Logan. Solid. I it's a solid movie. It's a solid movie. Oh, like okay, I'm saying, yeah, okay. the more I've seen it, the less I like it. But like, it's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good I think, movie. I, I, I think that's my my issue. I watch a movie and I go. Fuck, I love that. People are like, yeah, but what about it? I'm like, no, 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 I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> no, don't, don't ruin it for me. And I will never watch this. it again. It's a pandemic. I need anything I can get. Yeah, I feel you. That second watch is the true testament of how good a movie is. If you can get that second watch and still have the same feelings about it, which is why I need to watch Logan again. Because remember that, like my first time seeing that or like the Joker, well, I went in the theater and saw that with my stepdad. That shit was amazing in theater the first time I saw it. Yeah. Now I saw it again the other day. I'm like, oh, this is still pretty good. It's not as amazing. But it's pretty good. It's pretty solid. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. No, it's uh, I, I think what it is for me too is sometimes the first time I watch a movie, I'm trying to like grasp all the things that are coming at me and make sure that if I've heard a whole bunch of impressions and everything before going to the movie, trying to like filter all those things out. So then the second time, maybe to kind of watch it uh, with unfiltered eyes and kind of able just to uh, just absorb it in whatever it might actually be. See the actual message at a clearer, clearer yeah. head. So, that, another I'm, perfect example of that. I'm sorry. Uh, it's when no. I end game when I went to see that with, uh, with me and Stan went to see that, and the first mm-hmm. time me and Stan watched it was like, bro, ten out of ten, and you know how end game was a ten out of ten. It was just a it's the, the media, emotion that you get from media. watching that that first time. Right, I will say that. Yeah, I did. I was, I was like, speechless. You, you know, good and well, I don't think that's a ten out of ten. Like, right? It's, yeah, I, I, I don't like that movie. <laughs> You're right. You I don't like you that don't. movie. I, mean, I, I still like it. No, it's I love the last the twenty minutes of the movie. Right, but like. Besides that, I like I, I really don't care for it. Yeah. Do you think we'll ever get another like when I saw the end of that movie and I left, I was literally speechless. Like I didn't know what to think because it was in a culmination of like my 10 years, like half my life was climaxed yeah. in this one moment. Yeah. Do you think there'll ever be like a moment as there was for like that Infinity War and Endgame movie? Like even mm-hmm. with the next 10 years of the MCU, maybe with like the new kids that are growing up with this stuff, but I don't know, man. I I don't know. I, there I, be like I, do. like I think you're wrong. I don't think they could do it. No, I, I, I think you're wrong, and I think the reason why you're wrong is we just saw it in fucking uh, the new Spider-Man. Right. It's it, it when, always when is. you saw when when and you know spoiler alert, motherfuckers. Uh, if yeah, you didn't watch the new Spider-Man, walk away. Spoiler. But um, uh, when 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 Toby and Andrew show up, even though it was like almost the worst kept secret ever, right. when they showed up, dude, that was just like. 
that was so exciting. And seeing them together, seeing them to work together, all that kind of stuff, even though we knew how it was going to go down and it was all very like, yeah, that was the obvious choice. Like that right. whole movie to me is kind of like, yeah, yeah, of course that's what it you did. It was fan service. It was fan service. It was absolute. Oh, but you know what? Yeah. yeah, I loved it. And, and <laughs> you're a fan. So, yeah. Can it happen again? It just fucking did. And it, yes, I totally believe it will happen again. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I agree with Chuck, and I think it'll be different. It'll evolve. These things, these big moments. If we, if there was a, back in the day, we thought about that with um, Lord of the Rings, like the way the Lord of the Rings, that trilogy, that massive trilogy ended, the huge war they had, and then seeing Frodo and Sam and all that kind of stuff. It's like, will there ever be another time where something could could could, be, could culminate like that? It's like, yeah, of course, it happened with the MCU in a different form. Would there be another time when something could culminate like the MCU did over ten years? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be in a different form. I know, for example, say the. Um, in the world of manga and everything like that the, the berserk how essentially it seems like the the book the series is kind of wrapping up in a way if they were to actually have that like say there's an epic huge series about berserk and you see guts finally you know <clears throat> to face all his demons and do all that kind of stuff it could culminate in a, a character's journey it doesn't have to be a massive huge battle army uh, over 10 years it could be a character a, a character that we are as an audience are, are into for a long time seeing them finally come to the end of their journey those kind of things, or even One Piece. I, even though I'm not the biggest fan of that. There are all, there are ways that we can definitely have a massive like uh, have closure, epic closure for something that we've been following for a long time. That show time is older than Charlie. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of the shit I like is older than me. I'm just keeping a buck. I've realized that recently, yeah. and I'm just like, damn. I'm just saying, like, it's older than you, and it's still going. Just fucking end. Like, yeah, is is one is boat and one treasure? <laughs> one <piece. laughs> We're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have brought it up. Well, we're no, no, now there's piece. two boats. They're on their second boat. But yeah, no, oh, yeah. Actually, um, we're talking about this is, anime and, and manga one piece. My last, oh, question, yeah. my last question for you guys is there because I, I just I thought about this recently in a discussion I had with uh, one, of my, one of my roommates. Have you guys ever, outside of the MCU stuff, been in a movie where like things and events will occur and the entire theater will erupt in applause or sadness and like when spider-man died in infinity war the whole theater was like damn near crying and shit like that or when they appeared in game the fucking theater erupted or like you said with spider-man no way home when fucking toby and andrew popped on the screen oh it was fucking it was it was on it was it it was up people were fucking losing their shit i've never seen that in any other movie that i've watched in my like all my time of like going to the theater and seeing movies where i, I can't say i've never seen it because like certain movies do have that like you know like watching like rocky like the theaters would go crazy when things happened in rocky like the first time that happened or like you know even creed i went to see creed too and everybody rocky was horror picture so... yeah that's yeah, a good movie. That's, that's that's such a weird movie to me that i, I it is a weird movie it's, I'm not, movie. it's, it's not my weird thing movie. but yeah i saw what i was well, little, little i'm like what the fuck is going on so would we include like if you're talking about mcu and stuff would we oh how do you feel about new generation fans you know, being, Long ass question. <laughs> what is your question about? Just being a concrete. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Like, I guess you're probably talking about like Marvel and whatnot. For me, like, I'm a I'm a massive X Men fan, but I I don't fuck with the like I don't I don't deal with the X Men in comics at all anymore. I've kind of walked away from that, and that's because I feel like a new generation. It they're speaking to a new generation, and it's not me. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like. Mm, 
maybe superheroes shouldn't survive for 60, 70 fucking years. Yeah. Like, um, so, you know, like, you know, my boy Wolverine is going through all these weird things over and over. And I'm like, I saw that it was better here for me. So I'm not going to say you need to fucking end the X-Men. What I will say is I've ended the X-Men. I've moved on and I'm going to enjoy other things. Same with, you know, even stuff like star Wars and whatnot. I can just kind of walk away and go, okay, I think I'm done, but by all means, let them have it. And if they're able to still make money and those people still enjoy it, great, good for you. But it's not for me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's not my X-Men, and that's fine. I'm not going to bitch about it. I'm just going to walk. Right. But mm-hmm. when we were talking about movies, you were talking about uh, MCU. Your, your question, Charlie, was great. Mm-hmm. Would you count Logan? Because I know Logan's not an MCU movie, but I'll tell you, I have a great little story. Um, tell the story. Tell the story, though. The, the, so the end of that movie, obviously, spoiler alert again, Logan doesn't fucking make it, and I'm a massive Wolverine fan. So when they've got that cross and they turn it over, mm-hmm. that gets yeah. me. And I'm like, nah, dude, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. So I turned, I was watching it with my mother-in-law and my wife. And I turned to look at my mother-in-law, and she's just got huge tears going down her face. And I was like, Oh shit, this is not easy. Okay, you know what? My wife, my wife is a strong woman. She's got this, she'll keep me strong. I look over, huge fat tears. And then I just started crying like a bitch. I was like, oh, 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 oh fuck. <laughs> and just massive fucking tears because yeah. everybody who's watching this is fucking crying. So maybe it wasn't a loud cheer, right. but I believe everybody who had any kind of connection to that character at the end of that movie was just like, that was, even if the movie sucked, even if there was, and there were portions of it where I was like, what? The ending was nailed. They fucking nailed that. And so for me, that moment, it did it. So it, it, I feel like it does have similarities to Endgame because as you said, rewatching it, it's not as good as it was, but that 20 minutes is still that 20 minutes. Like, I can still go watch Cat yeah. pick up Mjolnir, and I'm like, that, that's what he, 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 he took mine. I mean, the thing is, I saw in the, in the theater four times, and in the theater, all four times, people exploded when Cap, because the hammer, the way, the way they shoot it, too, that you don't know that who's going to. The hammer pops up, Mjolnir pops up, it starts going back, and then Cap holds it in his hands. The audience loses their minds. You see people, like, stand. I saw a person... I saw it in DC one time. A person stood up in front of me and high five my brother next to me. A complete stranger, complete stranger, <laughs> high five them. And I was like, yes, absolutely. So there are, I love those kind of moments. Uh, one of the earliest moments I ever saw when I was a kid. It's a random tangent, but here it is. In Sister Act One, there's a part where Whoopi Goldberg is down on her knees, and these two like henchmen are getting ready to shoot her basically, and she does like a jab like this to the, to the sides of her to hit them in the balls. And everyone in this, I don't know, kind of Christian-esque theater where like busted out laughing forever. I never seen my mom laugh that hard ever. So it's there, there are definitely moments like that in comedies where mm-hmm. there'd be or, 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 or a sad for a moment, sad tar- tearful moment, like uh, Chuck was talking about, big moments in the MCU. The, the, I think crowds will still have that. That's one thing. This is another whole podcast, another whole episode, but the, the loss of cinema. If we do not have that shared community atmosphere at the same time in a theater... Right. Some of these moments are gonna go. You can see reaction videos to people watching Squid Game episode six with that where, yes. where a sad moment Absolutely. happened episode six. Uh, uh, fuck Cyclops. Hmm. Fuck Cyclops. Hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, a Facebook happen. user, uh in wherever you're watching this from, the at the top of that link, there's a thing that you can go to 
uh, that you can it gives them approval to use your name and uh, yeah. you get Nanka up here on the screen if you if you want to do that. You don't have to do <laughs> I it. I wonder if it's the same. You can stay anonymous <laughs> if you want. Like, I think it's Zell. I think it's always yeah, Zell. It's, like, it's me. I'm like, bro, Zell. This picture. Yeah, it, 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 very possibly Zell. Very possibly yeah. Zell. It's, it's probably it was Zell last time. But My before last... we go, we got to do the one one last section, one last yeah. one last part, and then we'll be out of here and we'll let Chuck Pinion Pin Pinion Wall. Craig, that's what it is. It was Craig. Oh, Craig. Yeah. I got a quick hidden question, real quick, before we get into all this stuff. Um, okay. Has a movie? What was the movie ever made y'all cry? I know we, Chuck, you, we already got in your answer, but I like. I've only ever cried in Marley and Me, and no other movie, no matter how sad or like well it's done, has drawn a literal tear from my eye besides Marley and Me. Has anything ever gotten y'all to? Oh, yeah. Uh, to cry. I don't know if I ever like full out cried in a movie. I've gotten teary out of a bunch of stuff, like when a tear shaved your cheek. In game, oh, got you. No, that I love you 3000. That hit that definitely hit. Oh, it did. Okay, no. okay, okay. No, Where? Yeah, that's no, the uh, but, but, okay. <laughs> maybe, but maybe cry. It's probably the time, yeah, that I saw it, but uh, still, this day, what I remember is actually watching when I was a young buck, the never ending story. Have y'all seen that? Oh, I'm sure oh, Chuck has. I got both. I know, I know, Chuck has. I know for a fact, Chuck has. Mr. Otis has seen it, but the I've, uh, I've seen it, never enjoyed it, but I've seen it. Well, uh, well there's there's I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut Otis off the camera, <laughs> but, the, but, but, the, but the part where nobody coming to see you, Otis. Perfect, that's the best time imaginable. I'm so glad you put that in there just for that. God oh. damn, thank you. So we uh, have thank like you these. so much. But the part where Artax dies and the characters like you see him, it's 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 and they draw it out. It's a long, slow, painful death. That horse is, is suffering. I have no idea how they even filmed it. And that character, uh, uh what's like the same thing? Yeah, it's like go off and fight a werewolf. It's it's this is crazy stuff. So that was a pup. I remember that made, that made me cry the first time when I was a kid watching it. It's about the horse sinking to the quicksand. The yeah, simple? the sinking yeah. sand of sadness. Yeah. 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 And then, and then he has to go and talk to a turtle that keeps sneezing in his face. It's like, this, this kid has a rough. This kid has a rough. Yeah, that kid. Boy, that shit. Well, I felt bad for him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'll get into You wanted to go roll your, your segment, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Go ahead and run that. All right. All right. Welcome to Either Or. This is the segment of the show where I ask my co-host and our beautiful, lovely guest a hypothetical question, and they answer to the best of their knowledge and have to show their work as to why they think it is so. I'm gonna keep this in this question fairly simple to start the year off. Either we should have superheroes slash vigilantes out there doing their thing outside the law, outside the confines of the law, or we should not. What do you guys think? Ooh, that's tough. That's thinking tough. about all the things we talked about with Batman and the, the, some actual the, how he's invited change, uh, challenge. Think about the X Men, how they have progressed things forward. Uh, sometimes, think about this too. How oftentimes, what's what's right and what's legal are mutually exclusive. So mm. all these things factor in. What do y'all think? So, uh, go ahead, oh, okay. So we have real war examples of vigilantes in my. I see like the the Black Panther Party and movement as like a whole a vigilante type thing where they're going outside of the confines of the law to protect black people. And it was great for the time. Like my grandma talked about growing up, she would see them protect like picnics or different things like that where black people would gather and you just have the Black Panthers kind of around it, making sure shit didn't pop off. And it was great for the time, but then they kind of spoiled into like maybe like modern day gangs and shit like that, the way you have people that are operating outside of it. 
it, it corrupted. So you have people with all that power, it eventually you end up getting corrupted to some extent. And that's my that's my one scary thing is like it's cool when it works for you and it works for the person it's supposed to work for. But when it flips and it's not used for what you would want it for, not used to benefit you, because if we can get like a superhero to protect all, I guess, from all racism, there's gonna be another superhero on the racism side, like a fucking King Nazi. The fucking like he's gonna be that like the Batman dynamic we talked about. There's gonna be somebody to oppose what you have as the vigilante, and they gotta raise that power. I don't. Worst case scenario, I I like my car too. When it comes to the MCU shit, if we get to that that level of like a superhero superhero. I don't want to have to buy a brand new car and then the next day get used with a fucking hammer the next day. I'd rather not. I'd rather that not happen. Fair. 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 Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree. Oh, no, sorry, Chuck. No, 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 no. Otis, you go first. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Charlie. Um, I think it is a hor- horrible idea to uh, do that because then you make it more accessible because everybody can be a vigilante for their own cause. Mm-hmm. And if none of them are checked by anything, there will be utter chaos, like utter complete chaos. Anybody can just go out and say like, oh yeah, I'm a hero today. You're my villain, bang, bang, you know? Yeah. yeah. Bruh, if you were, what if the, the snap was real and you just like had a whole child and you get dusted for five years and now she's like grown? Or she's like five or some shit like that. You're just like, when you just come back. Yeah, when you come back, yeah, yeah. Well, five years nah, of your child's life is gone, hmm. and you didn't like, do how shit did, to go to work. Like, you're right. You're right. Things, <laughs> that, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So, that, I think a lot of people like had to die. Like, like imagine an infant is in in their mom's arms, like, uh-huh. like and snap the mom is gone. That that infant lands on the floor. Like a pilot and like well, that's what I was like, as a pilot. <laughs> a pilot was driving cars. They are right. or, or even even when the plane, let's say the plane came back after the snap, the pilot and the plane itself came back. There's a bunch of people in midair that are like, oops, we're done. So well, the plane did get snapped. I'm like, I think the people no, no, not the plane. Right, I'm saying yeah, that, that, yeah, that, yeah, that plane didn't land. If the plane gone. landed, oh, yeah. all the people that were on that yeah. plane that got snapped, when they come back in midair, they're they're not gonna be happy. Right. Um, oh, yeah. So oh, wow. But, I'll uh, get into that. Right, sure. The casualty count for the snap and the snapback has to be crazy. I feel like I was, if seven, like a billion people probably didn't make it through that. And that's yeah. on different planets too. That's not even just Earth. That's like different planets. Or if, or, if, or if you were on the road in your car, and then of course you got snapped out and you get, get blipped back, then other, uh, you're on the highway, you're going to get hit most likely. It's not going to. I mean, and then that car yeah. has to hit you. They're going to yeah. cause an accident too. It's it's a lot of things did not go well for a while after that. I hope they get into like, like one of the like a new depth. Like they get more with each show, kind of showing you more and more of what happened with the step. I want to see that dark, like maybe like the Daredevil show. Maybe I don't know when that comes back or something Possibly. like that. Just do that dark, Possibly. gritty shit about what happened. Yeah, might show something. But but, but anyways, Chuck, we've we've kept you waiting yeah. long enough. What you got? What's your answer? This this society is all fucked up, and it could use as much help as it can get. So I think the 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 Right now, hey, look at you looking at me, man. I see you giving some fucking side eye over there, motherfucker. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all about vigilante right now. I think we need, every once in a while, we need somebody to step up and go, no, this is the right thing to do. And and it's not about one person being above the law. Mm-hmm. It's about every once in a while, we need to show the people in charge, no, 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 no. you're not in charge, motherfucker. We let you be in charge. 
You work for us. And if you're not going to do it, this motherfucker is going to do it or that motherfucker is going to do it. Somebody is going to do it right if you're not going to. And so, yeah, I kind of am on the side of vigilante. Like, I mean, hell, let's look at the cops last year. We needed more people out there fucking... Right? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna you yeah, see yeah. Chucky's getting no <laughs> but yeah, we need somebody to show, hey man, no no no, there's a better way to do this shit. And mm. if you're not gonna do it, we'll take care of ourselves. Yeah. And so I mean what happened in Portland? There was there was entire yeah, communities that were like, nah, yeah. we're we're separate. Now that didn't necessarily last, but they showed there's some shit going on. And if you really True. want to take care of your community, sometimes you're going to have to step outside of the law. And I, I, I'm fully down for that. I like to tell people I'm a, I'm a neutral, good kind of guy. I used to be chaotic, but no, nah, man, neutral means that when the law is working, I'm for it when it's not all right, well, there needs to be a balance and I guess I'll be the chaos. Yeah. So yeah. you gotta, you gotta try to find that balance. And Right now, the balance is off, and somebody's got to fucking deal with deal with that. I may not be the guy, but I'll support him. <laughs> right on. And I wasn't saying uh, specifically from like vigilantes as far as you know picking up crowbars and going around mass doing something crazy, but just like you mentioned earlier, Dev, the idea of the, of the uh, Black Panther Party or SNCC or whatever you, uh, Harriet Tubman, people that when when a wrong is going down, they say there is right and there is righteous, and these things are just just plain old fashioned wrong. I'm gonna do what I can to, to help the, the greater good, the actual, a, a better cause. Mm. So it doesn't always have to be by crazy violent means. It always had to be with mm. actual uh, physical. It can be a, you know, a person. I see lots of heroes as people that I, that I, that I grew up reading the books of. So, so that's, I right. think of superheroes can be, be different things, different people. And that's a really good point. A really good fucking point. Sometimes being a vigilante is just taking a different seat on the bus. There you right. go. You, you know, through. so yeah, no, you're dead on, man. That was a really good point. Because I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking, literally thinking back to the issue of like a Batman or like somebody oh, selling a dime, somebody selling a right. dime yeah, bag. That's obvious. And then one. your whole yeah, like obvious. you, you shattered your femur because you were selling a dime bag. Swear to me. Like if you ain't real, like Deadpool, his body count, hit girl. Even if Batman isn't killing people, he's like making you a vegetable. Like he's shattering femurs. Yeah. Dropping you off of buildings and shit. <laughs> Casey Jones, yeah. 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 I mean, Casey Jones is great. Imagine if the guy that decides to become Casey Jones is like, you know, a, a, a basket case. Like, I mean, he kind of is. I feel like that's just as likely to, I feel like that's more likely to happen than a person that is like morally just becoming a vigilante because no, it's, they're it's, already it's, unstable. It's, yeah, it's it's obviously Casey Jones is a, is a it's more likely that it will become a loose cannon, do all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, but yeah, I think there are other means. Hopefully, there are other ways to go about yeah. doing. But you know, if you're killing, you're going to end up with a kill bill scenario where like you kill somebody, like their child comes back, or like their uncle comes back, or such and such in the family comes back, and now that's more collateral. Cough, cough gang violence. Like that's literally how gang violence works in general. <laughs> One of these things just doesn't belong here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, guys, uh, we're getting towards the end of the show. This has been a great discussion, James. I said James. Oh my god, Chuck, thank you for coming on. <laughs> I'm gonna be the new James. Bye, James. Oh god, <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> 
Hey, it's still my shit. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We you know we love having Chuck on here. We'll get you back on here again soon. Um, yeah. especially for the thank uh, you, first episode thank of so Loose Cannons that will get recorded soon. Uh yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I'll make sure I'll make it a point to start putting these live shows on the actual Spotify and on the YouTube channel just as an extra video. We we are everywhere. We're on Spotify, YouTube, come and find Apple us. Music now. I've got to set up Apple, Apple music. music now too. So we're on everything. Rate us five stars and Apple Music. I think you can rate five, you can rate stuff on Spotify now too. Uh, you can so yeah. on mm-hmm. it in. It's like a little star next to it for podcasts. Yeah, um, so yeah, if you guys are tuning in and listening on only so, audio here, platforms, here's, a, here's, here's Chuck's. If you want to find Chuck, oh yeah, if you want to find Chuck on anything, I'm pretty well, that's at least on Twitter. I don't know what his stuff is on everything, but uh, Chuck, is there anything else you want to plug while you're on? Any projects you're working on? Uh, you know what. I, I'm uh, I, I've got a bunch of stuff going on, but nothing nothing that's actually hitting at the moment. So hmm. just come on, check me out. I'm I'm easily found. All you have to do is type in the Chuck Pino. There's not a lot of us out there, so you'll you'll track me down. And yeah, man, I always have some cool stuff. I'm always working with really cool people because, like we yeah. said before, it, it's not about me; it's about the community. And I'm working with some really amazing people who are doing some really cool stuff. So yeah, I've got some great projects, but so do they. And I'd love for you to check out all of them. So, and speaking of which, Chuck and I have been talking about trying to do, kind of figure something out to do together. Uh, and I. I'm, I'm over there at Echelon G Novels. Uh, Chuck and I are both writers. Uh, we're, we're, we're friends. So, yeah, Chuck's a really great guy. Please hit him up. Check him out. Uh, he's, he does amazing things. And check me out, too, at EchelonGNovels.com. If you'd like. Uh, uh, can I disclose his Otis? Well, too late. Uh, Otis and I are working on some stuff together, too. We'll be disclosing that more in the future as well. I love it. I and, uh, of course, I got to do uh, the shout out to the TVC podcast that comes on tomorrow night at uh, 7 p.m. with Mike Kennedy and Oldhead. Go see my uh, boys, man. Go, see, yeah, go check Tuesday, out my boys. Uh, Tuesday is uh, Bay Chain After Dark. Got to make sure we shout that out. Um, they, they, got a, they got a special show planned for you guys this week, so be sure to tune in. Um, and, you know, of course, catch us uh, every Sunday at 530. Uh Eastern. 5 p.m. Eastern, yeah, Eastern. Got to make sure we're I put that up. Coast. We're not one of those weird. Yeah, Craig. Eastern, always Eastern, Craig. Always Eastern. <laughs> the, the, shout out to the West Coast where I am by myself and my by lonesome, hmm. where, it's, where it's not snowing at least. Central, yeah, right? It's not. It's <laughs> yeah, not right, in the central. <laughs> Central. Chuck chimes in up underneath those beautiful little flyover states. What's up? <laughs> First off, fuck your click in the. Anyway. Uh, yeah, guys, this has been another episode of the In Now Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you guys next Sunday. Fox, please never make another superhero movie. I am begging. I am begging. <laughs>